Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, Happy New Year. Now, looking at you, I know that all of you have made some resolutions for this year, right? No? And at the top of your resolution is you're going to get in shape. No. (laughs) Well, I hope that all of us want to have a better relationship with God in this year. I hope that all of us would say, I want to get closer to God this year. Is that a good assumption? So I want to talk to you this morning about how you do that in spiritual training. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, follow along with me. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. We do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. Now notice here, I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So, whose responsibility is the training here? It's Paul's, isn't it? It's yours. It's mine. 1 Timothy 4, 7. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideal or old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. It's trustworthy saying. Everybody should accept it. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, much more we'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Now, I know that's not you, but he's talking to other people. You have been deli- believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, here it is again, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So the responsibility, if spiritually you want to be a better person, if you want to get closer to God, if you want your spiritual life to increase, you have to train yourself. And we're not good at that, are we? It's hard for us. It's called discipline. And so, I'm going to talk to you today about spiritual training, since it's my responsibility. I found a lot of people, a lot of Christians, what they look at and think is, you know what, I'm going to be a Christian and God will do the work in me. He'll make me do this. He'll help me do this. He'll do this. And I can just do this. And I'll feel like this and this and this. And that's not the way it works. The way it works is you and I have to get up every day and go to the gym. You have to get up every day and go through the routine. So, what is my responsibility for training? What is it that I have to do? How do I train myself? What do I do in this training concept? If I want to be a better Christian and I got to train myself, what's my responsibility in this? First one, Scripture reading. Scripture reading. 
You have to take God's Word and read it and know it. Now, some of you probably grew up in a place in a church that said, you don't read the Bible, we'll tell you what it says. That didn't work out very well. Still doesn't. Some of you might say, you know what? I, I, uh, you know, I read this, but I don't understand it. Okay, I get that. But you keep reading. You keep going. It will get clearer as you keep putting it into practice. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We are transformed when we change how we think. We change how we think by knowing what God's Word says, what the Bible says. We read it, we study it, we get to know it, we get familiar with it, and we put its thoughts into our minds, which helps our actions. So that every day you should have some way to put God's Word into your life, and you do it. Well, but it's not fun. No, it's not sometimes. Well, you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm not a good reader. Then here's a great thing. There's a lot of ways you can put God's Word into your mind by playing a tape. No, we don't do tapes anymore, do we? Uh, by playing a version of the Bible, I'm going to give it to you here in a minute, of how, how you can just read it to you, and you listen to it. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what's wrong with our lives. Maybe that's why we don't like reading it, huh? It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. So there's repetition over and over and over again. Now, I, I've been a Christian for a long time. You read the Bible, read the Bible. I've read it I don't know how many times. But here's what I know. I can still read the Bible today and I'll come across something and go, I never saw that before. You know, I, wow, I never looked at it like that. That's really different. Read it a lot of times, but never there. And that's the way it works. You read and you read. You just put it in there. You do it. Well, I'm just doing it to do it. It's good. Because I believe this. If you'll start reading the Bible, even if it's a few verses a day, before long, you'll be wanting to read more. Before long, you'll begin to understand it. And we have to begin that to allow God's Word to shape and correct our lives. We live according to what the Bible says, not according to our fears, not according to our hurts, not our desires, not our wants, not other people's opinions, not what's easy, not what makes sense. It's according to God's Word. And so one of the ways you train yourself to be godly is you put God's Word into your life on a regular, daily basis. Now, there is an app out. It's called, uh, I hope I get this right, Version. It's the biggest Bible app there is. You can get it. It has different versions on it. You can pick one. I recommend the New Living Translation. It's what I use here in these notes. New Living Translation. It has a way that if you don't like reading it, it will play it for you. It has little devotionals that you can use and tap into. You got a phone, you download that app, you put it in there, it's free, and you can do this on a daily basis. Sometime. If you're not doing anything right now, take a minute 
take some time and just start reading God's Word. Now, I'd encourage you, uh, start in the New Testament someplace. You start in the Old Testament, and sometimes it's, you lose track of stuff. It's great stories, but not easy reading all the time. But read it sometimes. So just read it. Well, I don't understand. You will. Just read it. Just keep reading it. Just keep putting it in. It will have an amazing effect in your life. Second thing you do is prayer. You pray. That's how you train yourself. You talk to God. You just simply give Him the things in your life that's going on now. You don't have to get down on your knees. You don't have to do this out loud. You just take some time where you you tell God, God, here's where I'm at right now. Here's the things I'm looking at. Here's what I need. Here's what I'd like. Here's what's going on. God, I just want to tell you where I'm at. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. You just keep telling God. Well, I tell him and he doesn't do anything. Let me tell you something. He's working. You might not see it, but he's working. But I just tell him the same things over and over. Yeah, good. Keep telling him. Keep talking to him. 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. And so as I talk to God, God uses that to transform me. He uses that to help me. When I pray, I'm changed. When I read the Scripture, I'm changed. When I'm changed, everything changes around me. Not because it's changed, but I've changed. You want to change your circumstances? Change you. Okay, go on. When you pray, you know what God wants. You talk to Him. We talk to Him about the things that we're concerned about. God says, you give me all your cares. Tell me about it. God wants you to talk to Him. Well, doesn't God already know? Yes, He does. But He wants to make sure you know what's going on. And so you tell Him. You talk to Him. It's communication with Him. The love, the Lord of my life. And you know what? Not only that, but it's so important that God places His Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, in us, and that Spirit helps us pray. Romans 8, 26. Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit's saying. The Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. You know, there's some things that have gone on in your life at some point in time probably that you don't have the words to express. And the only thing you got is a groan. Oh, God, this is so hard. Oh, this hurts. Do you know that God knows what you're saying down in here? Tell Him. Express it to Him. Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So you pray and talk to God. Just explain to Him what's going on in your life, what you care about, what you're dealing with, what you're feeling, what your emotions are for the moment. You give it all to Him, and you allow the Holy Spirit to prompt you because as you're praying, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be talking to God about that, and there's going to be something else coming to your mind. And I need to pray for that. That's the Holy Spirit helping you pray.
So if you want to be more godly, if you want to be closer to Christ in this year, you're going to have to train yourself. And that begins with Scripture reading, understanding and reading the Bible over and over again, and by praying. And there's a third thing, it's meditating. Now, this has gotten a bad word, because back when I was a, a teenager, this was, meditation was a big, big deal. And meditation at the heart of it is, well, you just get somewhere and you just kind of go, hmm, and you try to empty your mind of everything. Well, that's not hard for me, because there's not much up there to begin with, you know? It's pretty empty as it is. But you get to nothingness where it's just there. That's not the meditation I'm talking about. The meditation I'm talking about is, let me be quiet for a moment and just concentrate on God and who He is. Let me just think about His faithfulness. Let me just think about His goodness. Let me be still. Because you and I are a people who are addicted to noise. And sometimes that noise keeps us from hearing God. Psalm 119.48, I honor and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. Psalm 145.5, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. We're not trying to empty our minds. We're trying to fill our minds with God. And we take a moment push out all the other stuff going on. God, I've talked to you. I've told you what I want. Let me just take a moment and be quiet and see if you have something to say to me. I find it fascinating that we're okay with saying I talk to God. But when we start saying God spoke to me, we suddenly get weird. God still talks. You're going to read Scripture. He's going to talk to you through it. He's going to say things to it. You're going to take some time to be quiet. God, through His Spirit, still gives you impressions, thoughts that are from Him. Because I don't know about you, but I've had moments when I had a thought, and I knew that wasn't me, because I'm not that smart. But that's what God does. And sometimes I think we're afraid to hear from God, because He might tell us something we don't want to hear. And so I have to come to that point where I realize, you know what? If I'm going to be a better Christian… I need to take some time and make sure I'm, I'm spending some time just reading, just hearing God's Word, and that I'm talking to God, and then I just take a moment and let Him speak to me. And you know, if, if, you, don't, if you haven't done any of this, five minutes out of your day. Take a minute or two, read a couple verses, take some time, talk to God, and take a, 30 seconds and just let me be quiet. Because I believe if you do that, you'll keep doing it you'll keep doing it. There's another thing we can do that helps us, and that's fasting. Fasting. Now, fasting in the Bible is principally abstaining from food. It's coming to a place where you're going through something, and you're dealing with something, and it's heavy on you, and you don't know exactly what to do and how to do it, and you say, God, i got to take some time and maybe skip a meal because I want to hear you, and I need some direction on this, and i got nowhere else to turn to better than turning to you, and I'm willing to discipline myself such that I will give up something that I crave, I want, so that I can hear from you better. Matthew 6, 16, 
when you fast. Notice Jesus doesn't say how to do it. He just says when. Don't make it obvious. The hypocrites do. They try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they'll get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. No one will notice that you're fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So I don't announce, oh, I'm fasting. It doesn't mean I can't tell somebody, maybe you, you got your spouse there and you go, hey, I'm going to skip this meal today, I, I want to do this. Fine. It's not that nobody can know. It's just a matter of, I, I'm not something I'm, I'm going to broadcast. But there are times in our lives where we're facing some monumental issues that I want to take another step and just take some time and hear from God and talk to Him. Well, how often do I do this, Pastor? Whenever you feel like the Holy Spirit's just prompting you to do it. Pretty simple, right? Okay, evidently not. It's something probably a lot of you have never done. But it's just a part of what Christ gives to us to say, I want you to train yourself. I want you to discipline yourself. I want you to be godly. And if you're going to do it, you don't go get on the treadmill. You don't go walk so many miles a day. You don't go just, here's the things that you use, that you put into practice, you put into place, so that you will become closer to God. Another thing is praise. You give God praise. You tell Him how great He is. You begin to declare His greatness. It might be singing. It might be just verbalizing it. Psalm 34, 1, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. Psalm 44, 8, Oh God, we give glory to You all day long and constantly praise Your name. You know, for some of you, when you're getting your car and drive, you'd be better off praising God during that time than trying to deal with all the other people on the road. It might help you handle things a little better, right? Psalm 145.1, I will exalt you, my God and King. Praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise. No one can measure His greatness. So I give God praise. You come into this building, we sing, we give God praise. We adore Him. We tell Him how great He is. Well, I don't feel like doing that. Tough. Do it anyway. It's not about your feelings. Is it right to do? Is it good to do? Then your feelings don't have a say in this. Well, I, I don't want to be, you know, a hypocrite. Risk it. If you don't want to be a hypocrite, then change the way you are and let's get in line and start doing it. So you come and do this. You declare His greatness. You express gratitude for who He is, for what He's done. You remind yourself of the character, the nature of God. You just give Him praise. Well, I don't like this and I don't like that. Great. Find something you do like. You might have to look a long time for some of you, but you do it anyway. You know, there's been times when I've had some things in a song I'll hear and I'll think, I don't like that. But after a while, God begins to speak to my heart, and things change. 
You see, it's too many times what we want to change is the music rather than changing us. I know, I'll back, it's too early in the year for that, isn't it? <laughs> and so that's what we do. We give God praise. When you wake up, God, you're so good to me. God, you're great. God, you're so loving. You're so kind. I love you. You just take a moment. Put him in perspective. There's a final one I'm going to throw in here is church participation. Church participation. So in other words, if I want to mature in my walk with God, if I want to get closer to God, I need a discipline in my life that keeps me connected. And that means that I come to the services. That means I come to the classes. That means I get involved in a group. It means I serve. Well, you know, that's not convenient. You know what? <laughs> it's never convenient to go work out at a gym. But you do it anyway. Because you know it's good for you. And you need to train yourself. Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So you get involved. Well, you know, I don't like those people. That's okay. They probably don't like you either, but, you know, just risk it. Learn to like them. Because, you know, isn't that godly maturity when you love people that don't love you? Somewhere it says that, doesn't it? Yes. And so I learned to do that. And another thing that's there is, is tithing. You give. Now, for those of you who might not know, tithing is very simple. You look the word up in the dictionary, it simply means 10%. So you give 10% of your income to God, to the church. It's what you do. You believe that God will give you uh, more with the 90 than you would have with the 100. And you know what? When you've got to trust God with money, man, you really want to get close to God, don't you? And so you participate in what's going on. All of these things that we mentioned are the ways that you train yourself to be godly. And I've read you three passages, different passages, different places that say you have to train yourself to be godly. Don't be lazy. Don't put it up to somebody else. You take responsibility for your spiritual health. And if you're going to do that, these are the elements. These are the tools. This is the equipment that you use to help yourself to train yourself to be a godly person. And you have to do it. It's not just come, set, let somebody else do it for you, and then you leave. It's something you do on a regular basis. And like I say, don't get overwhelmed. Well, I, you know, that, that is a lot of time. I, I've already told you what, five, ten minutes a day. Start there. That's better than nothing, right? Start there. See where that goes. Just put it into practice. Put it in your schedule. Put it someplace where you begin to do that. So, you know, sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you do. But you do it anyway. Because you want everything God has for you, and you need to be spiritually fit. Now, what's the reason? Why? Well, what's the reason for this training? 
What's going to happen when I do this? I'm going to give you two things that really are the only two things that really matter. Number one, I want a relationship with God. You see, the greatest thing I want in this year, I want to be closer to God. I want to have more of God in me because God wants a relationship with me. He doesn't want a ritual. He doesn't want me going through it. He just wants a relationship with me. God, I might be doing these things not feeling like it, but I'm doing it because I love you and I know it's best for me that will help me with you. Paul writes in Philippians 3, 7, I once thought all these things were valuable. He went into his history and everything there. Now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could find Christ, become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. God, I believe if I do this, you'll help me. Nothing else matters. This is what I want more than anything else in this year. More than anything else in this year, I want to be closer to you. So I want a relationship with God. I hope that's what you want. And if you want that relationship, those things you need to be doing to have that relationship increase. Secondly, I want to relate to people. Now, here's a little surprise. If you're going to be godly, you have to get along with people. I'll just wait for a bit. Now, well, but people hurt me. You bet they do. But we hurt people, don't we? You know, that's part of it. But that's what matures you, isn't it? Maturity means you know how to get along with people. Two little kids getting a scrap, five, six years old, and they're fighting and everything. You separate them and say, no, you get apart now. Say you're sorry. What do you want? Just get along. What you're fighting over is not worth losing a relationship over. And so you and I come to that place where I want to get along with people better. Now, I probably just lost some of you right here, haven't I? I'm good, Pastor. Just let me be on my own. I can handle it myself. I can't. You will never be the Christian God wants you to be by yourself. Never. And what's the two greatest commandments? You love God with all your heart, and you love people like you love yourself. Galatians 5.22 Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I have to practice self-control so that I can be spirit-controlled. And so why do I do this? Why do I want to be going to this training? Why does I want that to happen? Because I want a better relationship with God, and I want to get along with people. Finally, what's the result? If I'll do this, what's going to happen? Again, two things. Number one, you'll do what's right. I will obey God. Because here's the thing. God's going to have you do some things that you don't want to do, that you feel justified in the way you're doing it, that you feel like you're the okay And God says, look, that's not right. This is how it works. This is what I want you to do. There may be some habits you have 
that you think are okay, but eventually as you read Scripture and as you talk to God, God's going to start dealing with you. The Holy Spirit's going to start dealing with you in those things, isn't He? And He's going to say, you want to get closer to me? That has to go. You want to get closer to me? That needs to be applied. That's the way He works. Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And He'll give you everything you need. That's a great promise. 1 Corinthians 9.27. We read it in the text earlier. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I want to obey. Hebrews 5.14. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So if you will train yourself, you will begin to live a life, put you in a better relationship with God, a better relationship with people, and you will live in obedience to what God wants you to do, and you get a reward. I get a reward. God says, look, if you'll do that, I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. I will work on your behalf. I will help you. You'll never have to go this on your own. 1 Corinthians 9.25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize. It'll fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. It will benefit me forever. In 1 Timothy 4.8, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. My heart's desire for you in this year is that you would train yourself to be godly that you would go into spiritual training and that you would allow God to work in your life. As he's, well, but he wants me to do this. No, just start doing some things and you'll be able to know what he wants you to do and you'll know how to do it and when to do it and where to do it. it all of that will become clearer. The goal is I want more of you, God. I want to be closer to you. I want to care about others more. I want to live for you and not for me. And that's the essence of salvation. Salvation is you being willing to take a step and say, you know what, I'll no longer live for myself. I'll now live for God. That's the essence of maturity. Mature people don't live for themselves. They're not selfish. They live for others. Even when others hurt and disappoint, they still lay down their lives. And they go on. So today I'm going to ask you, would you take a moment, you and God, and maybe you want to say, hopefully... God, help me do this. Help me at least to start. Let me begin. I want to grow closer to you this year. I want to be the person you want me to be. Help me. Maybe your start this year is you bring your life and you give it to God and say, God, I want to accept you into my life as my Savior. And I want to live for you from this moment on. Maybe that's what you need to do right now. Let's just take a moment. Father, here we are.
time when we all look at life, we evaluate. Help us. Lord, in 365 days, we're going to be celebrating another year. And between this time and that time, I want to come to the end of this year and be closer to you than I am right now. I want to be more godly. I want to be more spiritual. I want to be closer. I want to be more kind, more loving, more forgiving. God, I don't want to be the same. So Lord, would you help me to do my part of what I need to do, knowing that you will be faithful, and that you will help me. I thank you for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for your love. Help me to be the person that I want to be in you. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, that's your assignment this week, okay? Start well. Start well. If you're a guest with us today, thanks for being here. We hope you'll stop by out at the hub on your way out. We have a gift for you. Thank you for doing that, and we just are grateful that you're here today. Thank all of you for your giving and your faithfulness in the past year and in the year ahead. Keep being faithful and serving God the way you can. Uh, one other thing, you know in the past couple years we've been in a transition where um, Pastor Blake is going to be taking my responsibility, and I'm going to be stepping away, and some of you have been asking, when's that going to happen? Well, I have a date for you. The first Sunday in March. I think it's March the 5th, will be my last Sunday as the pastor here. So right now that's all we've got planned at this time. So we'll let you know some more information as details get ahead, but a date's been set, and so that's going to happen. And I appreciate your faithfulness and continued support in all that Faith Assembly does. So thank you for being here today. God bless you. Have a great year and be closer to the Lord. You're dismissed. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.